podcast with Tech and Prime. Man, alumni podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prem. Music producers talking Philly sports. Yes, sir. And and what a week it's been. Um, Eagles, Browns, Eagles, Ravens. We'll, we'll we'll get to the birds. We will. We will. But uh, let's let's just get right into it with the Phils. All right, they. They lost two or three to the Twins over the weekend. First place club, tough series. Then they split with the Blue Jays in Toronto. Expected a split. They come home to play the Nationals this weekend. Well, they come they're going to Washington. Oh, they're going to Washington. And then they come home for and a then nice they come home stand. San Francisco. Exactly. Okay, that's okay. I'm and L- Angels there. coming okay. in. It's going to be an interesting. Uh, the Angels uh, are coming in. Everybody wants to see Otani. <laughs> I'm going on the thirtieth. Okay, there it is. So you, you'll get to see him in some. Hopefully, form. well, he'll be in the field. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, Nola with his fourth consecutive horrendous start. Um, and I'm pretty convinced, Brem, that Michael Lorenzen could come out. He could pitch two more no-hitters before the end of the regular <laughs> season. And Aaron Nola will be the second starter in the playoff rotation. You know, I'll, we'll get into this with Scott Lauber of the Inquirer later, but I'm of the belief that you don't mess with anything. You're, you're a winning club. You're in the lead for the wild card. Your rotation is your rotation. Nola pitched well in the postseason, mostly last year. Obviously, not every start, but mostly. That experience in those high-leverage moments, I really feel like that makes a difference. Guys can click into a different gear. But I think, you know, we have to see. You know, I've always been a Nola supporter, but I'm well off the ace train. I think he's like a solid three when it comes down to it. Yeah, but but okay. with the, with with two upside though, but but I mean ultimately he's like a solid. He's like the best three in the league. Okay, I don't. Well, all right. Let's not get crazy. I'm you think serious. He's the best though. three in the league. Well, yeah, because he's he's a two. He's an average two. So that makes him the best three. I don't even because lo- the strikeouts and the innings pitched are are ace numbers. His strikeouts and his innings pitched are ace like all year. I've had it in my mind. Wheeler Walker. As my one and two. And I know it didn't really start out that way, but I've just felt like that's where, where okay, we were. Okay. Yeah, Suarez and Walker almost and I feel Suarez, like same pitcher. Suarez came back and then it sort of became Wheeler Suarez Walker, Wheeler Walker Suarez. It has shuffled it be- a few times. It became yeah. like that for me. Yeah. With Nola being where he was, like the fourth guy. He yeah. hasn't had a good year. And the Enter Michael Lorenzen. Well, no, he hasn't had a bad year, though. He's top 10 in whip. I mean, that's how you judge a pitcher. I get it, but it, it, it feels like he, he had a better year last year. And, and Probably now, a little bit, yeah. It's just, it, he, he feels like the fourth guy on this squad, and then Michael Lorenzen comes on. He has an outstanding first start. He throws a no-hitter in his second start. Remarkable. And now it's like, well, if this guy continues, I'm not going to hold him to the no-hitter standard, but if right, he keeps right. on doing what like he did in his first start, yeah. I mean, then it's like, well, Wheeler Lorenzen. He's one of the best starters in baseball all year. Actually, in terms of, I forget what metric it was. I think it was Ken Rosenthal. One of these national guys was talking about just uh, pitching efficiency. Whatever that metric is, Lorenzen is number one since June. He is an efficient. In all, in all of baseball. I mean, look, this guy, if he keeps up what he did just at his first start level, he's the second starter in this rotation to me. And that pushes Nolan far down the line. And and you know what? At times this year, I've even liked Christopher Sanchez yeah, but more here, than I've liked Aaron if you're, if you're hosting the first wild card series. Well, that's a different... I get it. Now I want Nolan starting playoffs. game two at home. Right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking playoffs, and I understand the whole thought process. I'm not happy about it, but, you know... I, I understand the thought process behind Nola being the second guy. I just, in my mind, it would be Wheeler Lorenzen. And and then I guess And I wouldn't Nola. be mad at that. But then, then Nola is starting the road game, game three. I'd rather Nola start at comfortable Citizens Bank Park in the playoffs with the crowd behind him and All the right. bats going. And then you put Lorenzen out there for game three. It's how I would shake that out. I understand Just the because logic. of the home and away aspect. When I look at who's the better... If I, I get it. I get it. You're, you're, you're not going the actual best one, two, three. You're going, what makes more sense? Yeah, when you're going I, I on like Nola starting three. at home instead of his first playoff starters okay. on a road. I understand that logic. Yeah, that's my thought process. But it could change, though, too. I mean, we got to see... 45 more days of baseball. Yes. And that's, Straight up. It, you know, but, you know, it seems like a lot when you say it like that, but it really isn't. It isn't. It'll be September before you know before it. Before you and know the, it. The I mean, first part of September schedule is vicious. We're rounding out the preseason and headed to the regular season for the Eagles. 
I'm so, excited about the birds, bro. Oh. So, but but I, I say that to say, I mean, it's already beginning, and that's when the Phillies season begins to wind down. So, right. And speaking of winding down, oh, my God. Kyle Schwarber, this guy's a total waste. Um, he gets hot for a game or two, and everyone goes, see, he's a winner. And, and look, he might be at heart, right? But the guy's batting 180. He strikes out consistently, especially in big moments. He's absolutely brutal. He's actually over 225 or so in his last 20 games. I, I'm just looking at the season <laughs> as a whole. I know, I know. And the way he starts the game. The other but, you day, know, it's about run production, out, too. He strikes out. Then then the, the, his second at-bat comes. It, he strikes out. It's like if the, the first the, – okay, the first at-bat, it was a swing and a miss. He swung and missed. That's a true strikeout. The second strikeout – the umpire was, I don't know what he was looking at. And by the way, it's been like that for the last week. It's horrible. But look, the, the run production from Schwarber is why it's all right. Unfortunately, that's the case. Because your top your top five in home runs. Br- he's brutal. He's going to finish with 40 and 120 probably, man. And, and another brutal player, by the way, JT's brutal too. I mean, he... He took he, a step back this year, JT. He, he'll hit a double and everybody will go crazy. Or he'll hit a home run occasionally and everybody will go crazy. But... It'll be like, you know, like it was the other night. Bases loaded, no outs, and a, a, a crucial strikeout. A crucial well, strikeout. Well, we know when you're in Toronto, we know that these games tend to not go our way. They're 3-10 there before that series in the last 13. Ten. Yeah, I know. Didn't it's we, just a bad place for them to The play. last time we played them, it was a two-game series again. It was another two-game series. Didn't in we get Philly, swept? No, we swept them this year. We won oh, three, we swept them this year. Was we won. Last three or four they, from them this year. Yes, last they year. swept us yeah. in Toronto last. year. Yes, I believe so. All Which right. they've done mostly every time we've gone up there. But look, we took three or four from the Jays this year. That's the first time I think ever that they had a winning record in a season against the Blue Jays. Which is unbelievable. <laughs> when you think about the curse, it's not. Oh, and I saw another stat regarding that team, that '93 team, right? No. The Blue Jays. The curse. The Blue Jays, when they won that World Series, had the fourth highest team pitching ERA in baseball history as a World Series champion. Wow. The top two were actually Yankees teams, the 96 Yankees, 2000 Yankees, but I didn't know that. So when they lost to that Jays team, they that really, was one of the that, worst that pitching team. staffs to ever win the American League. That, that, but that Jays team, <laughs> they, they they did have a really good oh, team. John Olerud. John Olerud. Oh, he won the batting title, I think, that year. Yeah. He was hitting like close did to 400. Paul Molitor that year? Was he on Paul Molitor <laughs> was floating around that squad. They, they were... Joe Carter. Cito uh, Gaston leading the way. Yes. Was that you know, as, as much as we, Yeah, as much as we hate the Blue Jays, like I always kind of like liked their uniform. Yeah, me too. And their hats. I've I've loved their hats. Yeah, their it's, logo. It's interesting. I I've, I had their hat, and I've had every logo, every iteration of their logo. Well, the Blue Jays hat, hat is is probably a top five baseball hat. Love the hat. Yeah, I've always had. a Blue I feel kind of weird saying this on. on our I show. know. What, it, what do you want me to tell you? They're not the Cowboys. They're <laughs> not the true. Mets. That's true. You they're know, not they, the Patriots. Yeah. Right. They're not in in a direct. Uh, even though the Patriots aren't, they're just hated. It's yeah, like the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers aren't, but they're just hated. Yeah, it's like a pseudo you know? rival, right? It's like it, a, yeah, so yeah. it's just you know, it's not the, the Boston Celtics or anything. But you know, it is the curse. We lost to them it, with with the greatest team I could ever like, remember growing up with. I mean, look, oh, yeah. Dykstra, Crook, yeah. Dalton, Hollins. The, the we'll best. get into that in a vet fact today. Oh too. my God, it was my favorite team. Um, all right, so bottom line, I know the Phillies are good. I I, I I'm really I gotta get. From Scott Lauber's mouth, he covers the team day in, day out, every day. I got a heartbeat. I, I got to hear his assessment of if he thinks. I know they're a good team. He knows. You know. Yeah. We all know yeah. they're a good team. The inconsistency is what frustrates you. Yes. Are they good enough? I lean on the side of either I don't know slash no. Fair. They're just not good enough to get back to where they were last year, but. I'm not sure if they are or they aren't. I just, I don't know for certain. My gut tells me, but in all fairness, this time last year, Prem, my gut told me the same thing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, last year we had way less to to tell us to believe they would go to the World Series than we did right. this year. I mean, I, I doubted this it. Year, Even the, when they the got pedigree, the wild card, I doubted Yeah, the pedigree is there. And, and, you know, if it makes you feel any better, they came into the season, went right to Atlanta, took two or three. Right out the shoot, yeah. Um, they they lost uh they lost the three and four against the Dodgers, not terrible or two and four against right. the Dodgers rather, but you know the bottom line really to me is, come playoff time, are they going to have that same magic 
that they had last year. And at in Citizens Bank Park, I can make a case tech for them not losing one game at the bank this year. Well, I hear you because it's, it's pretty ridiculous. When it, yeah, when it gets to Red October, it's a special. I, I mean, uh, place and if play. you're that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be really hard to beat here. In the There's playoffs. a lot of these nights, like even the last couple of weeks, where you look around in in the bank during mid middle of a game, and it's not a sold out house. It's not a packed house. Yeah, true. And that's all going to change. Dude, yeah. In the playoffs. They've been mostly full, though. Most of these. I've been to about 10 games this year. Most of them were pretty full, 75% or more. Well, there you go. But you would think, as yeah, good as you they would. are, that they would it would just be sold out. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I need to see Soto get it together consistently, and Dominguez get it together consistently. Or you can kiss winning any the playoff series as a goodbye. Whole, it just isn't the starters have been good enough. Though. starters have been good, though. The team, though, too. The pitching and the and the offense, it's it's just been consistently inconsistent all year. And the pitching has been the better part of it throughout the season. But I look at it like, look, the Braves, they're not just the best team in the division. They're one of the best teams in all of baseball. They probably and, are, yeah. And their mindset, their mindset right now is on, they're on a mission. They are. That, they're, they, they are. are on an absolute mission. They have the MVP on their squad. Um, I, I I don't know if the Phillies are even as good as the Dodgers. I, I don't know that. That's a pretty that. evenly matched series. If we, if we play the Dodgers in a divisional series, say we, we, we handle whoever we see in the wild card, and then it's Phil's-Dodgers next series, I like our chances. It's not that I don't like our chances. I just, I'm not, I'm not. Sure, if they're yeah. better than the you got to see more. You have to see more still. You have to see how September looks and how they handle September and how they go into it all. I'd yeah, like to definitely. see them go like probably twenty-seven or so games in September. You know, you want to see them go like seventeen and ten, something like that. True. I just I'm 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 just a little concerned because I know that when they get there in that wild card spot, they get into the playoffs. Whoever they play in the wild card spot. They'll win, uh, they'll win that series. Yeah, they'll win that series. So, I mean, if if Chicago, San Francisco, Cincinnati, big deal. They're really big gonna deal. have to totally. I mean, they'll, it, they'd it, have it to shit be, the bed bad yes, to lose that so series. It would have to be a massive shitting of the bed because I'm telling you now, it would be such a disappointment for them to lose the opening. But look, series. we came a long way from last year. Last year, we're like, hey, can we just get in? Can we please get playoff baseball again? Now we're like, this is for sure at least divisional round. They need to get that top wild card spot so they can they do. play at home. That's, well, look, you got a two-game so cushion. You got a two-game cushion on the Giants who have not looked impressive lately. Right. And we can really put the foot on their throat next week and take two or three at the bank. Because it's hard to sweep those teams. It just is. I mean, it's tough. We talked about this ad nauseum. Oh, yeah. Bad teams beat good teams every day in baseball. It's hard to sweep. But you got to win two or three against the, the Giants because you'll give them a little too much hope if you don't. And you don't want to give any team hope that's chasing you no matter what. Um, right. But, you know, I, I like uh, I like the Phils to, to take – for the next six, I mean, you're going to lose one in Washington, I think, because they're pesky. They've beaten good teams all year, actually, too. Um, and they, they play us hard. I think you lose one of them in Washington. I think you lose one of them to San Francisco. Just, for me, it's like, like, look, I understood the split. I wasn't mad at all about the split with Toronto. That was the expectation of for any, any smart fan. I you, get, you, get a, you get a split out of that That's a Toronto. playoff team. That's, That's a playoff good. team. That's a playoff team. The problem was losing two of three in Minnesota, and it wasn't just losing. It was the way they lost. Well, the one they lost was because of the umpire, really. Well, that game was because of the umpire. But, That's a 2-1 oh, game with the bases loaded and Bryce coming up. There. Okay. But they scored 13 runs on Friday. Now, everybody, I, I said it I said it that, that, that uh, earlier that day before the game. I said, watch, they scored 13 runs last night. They'll, they'll, get, they'll get one run tonight. And that's exactly yeah, what they did. Yeah, but you know what, did. though? It's, it's irrelevant because it's, it's just, just predictable. It's, it's ebb and flow, cumulative thing. You're, gonna I, lo- you're I, not going to win every series. It. And that's a first-place club. I know they're not. I know they're the worst first-place club. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. So great. No, the it's, it's, re- great. it's relative, though. They're the worst first-place club, club in the best league. So it's it's all relative. Their 62 wins leading that division is as good as the Dodgers' 66 wins leading a National League division because right. it's the American League. The, 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 the thing that was most impressive about splitting the series with Toronto that second game was they, they did it against a good pitcher, which was refreshing to see. And they won with the bats. The way, yeah, they won with the bats. Because, well, they tagged, they tagged Gossman up, though. They hit their career numbers against well, him are good. Right, right. Okay. But typically, this team against good pitching, or at least pitching in, with guys in the threes, it's like 
They can't. They can't I know. hit. They do they have trouble. These, they do have these trouble. Twenty-one inning drought of just not doing anything. To, to, they they got to. Uh, they got to run. Alcantara, if I remember correctly, though, right? They got to Alcantara this year. But they um, always get to him. That's true. Pablo Lopez, I think, had a pretty good day against us, if I remember correctly. I mean, they're gonna. You look, and you're, you're gonna win in the playoffs. You want to win the playoffs. You know, you got to be good pitching. The Houston beat us with pitching. Yeah. In the World Series. All right, well, we'll we'll see what our good buddy Scott Lauber has to say about it. He covers the Phils for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Day in, day out, he's there. He's he's after the games. He's in the locker room with all the guys. All the time. We'll get his insight. He'll join us on the vet line. But first, brought to you by ProLine Music and Fairless Hills Academy of Music, it's time for Vet Fact. This is a Vet Fact. Oh, man, Tech, I got a good one, man. <laughs> the year that the All-Star Game came to the vet, 1995 All-Star Game. Yeah. The Giants came to town August 18th, 1995, and they were hot. Jumped out to a 6-1 lead. Barry Bonds with two blasts, Woo! one in the fourth inning, one in the first inning to set the tone. The Phils were getting blown out of their own building. Then something <laughs> happened in the fifth, Tech, because they woke up. They went from being down six to one to winning sixteen to eight. Wow! They would score fifteen runs. I'm having trouble fifth, remembering this game. Four innings: fifth fifth inning, five runs, six three, seventh two, and the eighth five to cap off the sixteen eight victory with eighteen Ooh. hits. Deion Sanders was on this Giants team. Oh wow! Went one for four with a run scored. Was only hitting two forty five though. Uh, That's typical. He wasn't a great yeah, baseball player. Yeah, he wasn't player. a great place baseball player. Royce Clayton was the shortstop for this team. Too. He, uh, yeah. he was a good shortstop, Royce I like Clayton. Royce Clayton. Yeah, yeah. The Phils were just on fire, though. Center fielder Kevin Flora. I guess Dykstra was gone at this point. <laughs> three <laughs> RBIs. Three for six with three ribbies. Greg Jeffries with a ribby. Mark Witten with three ribbies. Dutch with a ribby and four hits. Charlie Hayes drives in three. Charlie Hayes! Everybody got into the action. Dutch legs out a triple. Wow. And he hit it off Terry Mulholland, who was then the starter for the Giants. Oh, wow. If you remember oh, yeah. correctly, Mulholland was a Giant. That's right. After he was a Philly. Yes. They knocked him around. He only went four and two-thirds, nine hits, five runs, only two strikeouts. He had a 70 RA at this point in the season. Wow. Meanwhile, Tyler Green for the Phillies only went one and a third, got knocked out in the second. Obviously, Bonds hitting a blast had something to do with that. Oof. The Phillies would use six pitchers. The Giants would use four pitchers. Ten pitchers used as the Phils steamroll the Giants to climb to 52-53. and 53. The Giants weren't good. They were 48-56. and 56. Wow. Only 23,409 packed into the evening affair at the Vet. Took about three hours, which is quick, with 24 runs scored. Yeah. August 18th, 1995, Phils destroy San Francisco 16-8. We can only hope that we see the same result. In the wild card round. Oh, that would be something. Fun fact about that year when the All-Star game came to Philadelphia. Uh, I believe they stayed at the Hilton, all the players down Right there downtown. by the stadium, yeah. Oh, uh, no, that's the it, Holiday Inn that was by the stadium, right? Yes. Right, was, right, they, right. They stayed downtown in Center City. And I had this uh, autograph book I got in Disney World. And it was like, you know, Mickey and Donald. They were all like yeah, on the cover. Yeah, but inside it was all like blank pages and it was like an autograph. It was like a signature book. And I guess they sold them to the kids so that Donald Duck and everybody could sign them, you know? Of course. But I think I, I remember having something like that when I, I was a kid. I had this book and I stood in a lobby, me and my boys. We stood in that lobby all day and night and got like 50 <laughs> players came in. All, all That's types it. All, of all stars, too. All, all stars wow. got, got, got their signatures. Now, that book is gone. I was going to say, way. you probably have no idea where that <laughs> no book idea is. No idea that book is gone, but it was it was a moment. That's phenomenal. Time. That's phenomenal. Um, you know what's not phenomenal? That's a vet memory right there. That is a vet memory. Um, what What is not phenomenal is uh, James Harden this week, Prem. <laughs> this guy, I never wanted him here. We're on the record. We never wanted the guy here. Oh, my God. He was in China this week where he told the uh. media, not once, but twice, that Daryl Morey is a, a liar. liar. Now, look, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Well, we don't know. We don't. What, what if, what if Daryl Morey was telling him what he thought was true and then Josh Harris did a 180? Well, that's probably what happened. You know what happened. I mean? What, what, what if it wasn't Daryl lying? What if Daryl was lied too, and then he relayed well, that lie to James? I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not denying that that could have 
been a possibility. I either want them because, both gone, though. I want them both gone. But gone. The, 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 the Harden out of here. Get him Maury's got to go. Fire down Maury. And, and, and Josh Harris has to sell the team. I mean, he's the worst owner he is. I've ever said. I, I, mean, I never thought a day would come where it's like, well, I could actually say Harold Katz was a better Sixers owner than Josh <laughs> Harris, who who got like some kind of game ball from the commanders. You're going, right? back, to like the, uh, you're going back to like the Barkley days, Katz? Yeah. It's like he was a better owner. Unreal. This is, I'm telling wrong. you, this is a debacle. The Sixers organization is brutally bad. They won't even make They're it to the, the second round this year, I don't think. Maybe not. And that would, let me tell you, if I'm, if I, it, out of anybody, you know who should be pissed the most? Joel Embiid. Well, he is. He removed Philadelphia from his profile. Yeah, he removed if, processing from his profile. If I'm Embiid, I want I want out of this. But he's got an eagle in the background of his picture, so. Uh, he's yeah. got the eagle's game in his picture. You got you got you got to look at all of it. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, you know, look, we can't spend any time on this. I just thought it was worth mentioning that this team is is becoming a hated team. James Harden's city. not really a pro. No. Like, he's a pro on the court. He's a pro loser. But his pro etiquette is non-existent. He has no, no etiquette whatsoever. He's, he's a, a loser on top He of To me, he's the kid, like, in middle school that was just, like, trying to be at the cool kids' table but was never really that cool. Right. Would just, like, hang around them to try to be cool. And now he's got cool. money and he's cool. And he's But he's a weirdo. He is a so, weirdo, yes. I just want him gone. I think he's bad for any basketball team at this point. Go play in China, bro. Just get out of here. That would be ideal. Kick yes. rocks, Jimmy. Exactly. Get him out of here. <laughs> All right. Let's talk the fightings with our boy Scott Lauber from the Philadelphia Inquirer on the vet line next. Vet alumni. And now, it's the vet line. Why don't you answer your phone? Joined on the vet line now by Scott Lauber. Phillies reporter for the Inquirer and author of The Big 50, Phillies from Triumph Books. Scott, thanks for joining us again. Sure, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the Phillies are in prime position. I can't remember a season, maybe since 2012, where we led a, a wild card or for a playoff spot on August 17th. Um, do you feel confident that we'll stay in that position and then host the wild card series against a Chicago or San Francisco or whoever it is, or do you think that they might have some issues with how hard the schedule is in the early part of September? Yeah, it's a different feeling, right, guys, to be uh, to be uh, holding a position instead of chasing uh, it's rare. one. And yeah, it's uh, it is rare. And you know, even in I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Even in in two thousand eight and and um, some of 09, there was a fair amount of chasing that was going on for for the division. Um, down the stretch late in the season, we tend to think of those years now as being sort of, you know, the glory days and, and they were, and, and those teams being dominant, they were not dominant. I mean, I remember obviously Oh seven, but I remember Oh eight kind of coming down to toward the end. So you're right. It's, it's a favorable position for them to be in. And, and I think it's a, you know, I don't want to call it comfortable, uh, for them, but I mean, I certainly feel like they, um, they're, they're in a good spot in part because of the competition. You know, I yeah. don't really believe in the Reds and the Marlins and, and, um, and some of those teams, the Diamondbacks who have already come crashing back to earth. Yeah. So a lot of those teams are, are, uh, you know, teams that we thought of maybe as, um, you know, teams that in the first half were a little bit of a mirage. And so those are some of the chase teams that are, Chasing the Cubs, I think um, they're you know, intriguing. They're that, intriguing. Yeah, the Cubs. They are intriguing, but they also don't put really a whole lot of fear into you per se. Especially now with Marcus Stroman out, maybe mm, for the rest of the season. That's so, true. Um, you know, I do. I think that they're in a good spot, um, and I think that the goal now um, is not, you know, make the playoffs. I think the goal now is lock up that that top wild card, yes. that number four seed overall. Get get a home series in the wild card round. And, um, you know, I know last year they went on the road to St. Louis and, and, and won, but you know, you certainly like your chances better in a short series if you're playing at home. So I think that's the goal. Now I think that they're kind of, you know, they are in the pole position, so to speak for the wild card. And I think they'll stay there. I really do. I think that they're, um, they're probably one of the top three teams in the national league. Exactly. It's, it's the Braves, the yep. Dodgers and the Phillies. And, yep. And I, I think that uh, I think that they're in a good spot, regardless of the schedule. I, I think the key now is to is to stay healthy and mm. also to kind of figure out how to be peaking at the right time uh, and and going into the playoffs 
with momentum, um, a little bit the way they did last year, um, you know, having to come down to the end and, and play important games until game 160. But I think you want to, you want to be cresting at the right time. And, and, and I think that that's going to kind of be the, the, the balancing act for them. The last five or six weeks is going to be figuring out how to make sure that not only are they still holding that that important uh, wild card spot, but that they're also playing well at the right time. Yeah, that's really the consistency. I know that that's what gets to tech the most. Um, I, I take oh, a yeah. more cumulative view with baseball in terms of just looking at the trends, and this team has obviously trend, been trending in the right direction. We went from a situation in the center field that looked hapless and hopeless a season ago to now having a plethora of riches in the outfield. When Pache is healthy um, and uh, Marsh is healthy, Healthy. What do you think happens? Is it Wilson obviously going back down? And what are they going to do with Rojas? Because to me, he's an everyday major league center fielder. Yes. Yeah, it's a great question. And um, you're right. I mean, what a what a, a turn of events from a year ago where, um, you know, it was sort of like <laughs> all roads led back to Odubel Herrera in center field, right? And then they finally, <laughs> wow. <laughs> they finally made that trade for Brandon Marsh and they you know, they felt better about their situation moving forward and knew they had Rojas in the pipeline and obviously had just drafted Justin Crawford and um, Pache wasn't in the organization yet. That wouldn't come until the eve of opening day this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you've, you've said it. They've, they've added a lot of young players who um, who can play that position and play it defensively at least really well. And I don't know what's going to happen. I, I do think... Um, and I do think we're steamrolling to the point where we're going to see all three of those guys, Marsh, Pache, and, and Rojas, on the roster mm-hmm. at the same time. Because as we sit here on uh, Thursday night, Marsh is playing uh, for Lehigh Valley tonight. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a long rehab assignment for him. True. Pache is also in Lehigh Valley, and he's nearing the um, you know a point where he'll be ready as well. So I, I don't know. Uh, reading the tea leaves, uh, talking to people hearing the way they've talked about Rojas really since before the trade deadline, um, there's a reason why they didn't go out and get a, you know, we all thought they were going to go out and get a right-handed hitting outfielder and Rojas was as good a reason as any, Um, you know, they really liked, you know, obviously they like what he does defensively. Uh, They've been pleasantly surprised by the offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they wanted to see very clutch hits. Yeah, absolutely. He looks like he belongs. They wanted to see more of that. He brings a different dimension too to the offense than um, some of the right-handed hitters that they were looking at, uh, whether it was Duval or Teoscar Hernandez. Swing and miss guys, mm-hmm. um, they have a lot of that, and, um, <laughs> and, and a ton of it, a ton of it, <laughs> right? And you know they they don't really need another one. Um, so what they were looking for was somebody at the bottom of the order who could make things happen, bring some energy, and and Rojas has done that. So you listen to the way people in the organization talk about Rojas, and you think well, this kid's got to keep playing. Um, and if he plays center field, I see Marsh in left field. Exactly. I think that's I think that's maybe the most likely alignment with Pache as sort of the fourth outfielder. Uh, you're sort of uh, your guy there in case Rojas stops hitting uh, or in case he begins to look overwhelmed uh, with, with major league pitching uh, because he is still a work in progress offensively and they didn't expect this. So uh, you always have Pache there just in case, but I do. I think Martian left and Rojas in center is the most likely, um, you know, most common alignment that they may have out there. Yeah, definitely. And it also hinges on, and I should say too, it also hinges on how often Bryce Harper can keep playing first base. Mm. Um, Yeah. So it sounds like he's going to remain the primary first baseman, but you know, he's got, he's had the back issue the last few days and um, things like that. So they're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize having his bat out there. So right. if he needs an extra few days where he doesn't play uh, first base, well, then it's Schwarber in the outfield. Um, they'll figure out center field with whatever they have, you know, righty, lefty and whatnot, and, and probably Bohm at first or maybe Jake Cave at first or yeah, whatever Cave, they have Cave to do. Cave has been surprisingly uh, serviceable. I like Cave. That was a big blast in Toronto, man. When nobody hits, he hits. Well, you know what, though? they they The thing about this Phillies team that I like, Scott, is that they get uh, a variety of help on varying nights. I mean, you never know who the guy is going to be. It could be Sosa. You know, it could be any of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, you think about it, and uh, who's been their most consistent hitter all year? It's probably been Brent, Bryson Stott. Bryson, yeah. Yeah, sure. and, and who's been their second most? Probably Brandon Marsh or Alec Baum. You Alec know, one Baum. of those yeah, guys. Yeah, and, and then Nick is and, not far behind. 
and, and, you know, when the season started, I wrote for the Inquirer, you know, a lot of people within the organization were talking about how um, the growth of Stott, Bohm, and Marsh might make the difference between, say, 87, 88 wins and 93, 94 wins. Mm. But nobody thought, like, the season was going to, you know, that nobody thought that those guys were going to have to carry the offense at times or I know, certainly right? that we'd be three quarters of the way through the season and we'd be talking about one or two of them being the most consistent hitters on the team. So very often their best players have not been their best players this year. And it's been it's been the, the less heralded guys, younger guys or less heralded guys who've really kind of uh, picked up the slack and kept them afloat. Speaking of uh, guys who haven't hit, and and you mentioned earlier swing and miss guys, and the biggest swing and miss guy I've ever seen that I'm telling you, I love him as a guy, hate him as a baseball player. Kyle Schwarber, is there any chance ever that he will be moved out of the leadoff spot? Never. No. When they stop winning with him in the leadoff spot. But they don't um, always win with him in the leadoff <laughs> spot. And he's, No, but the record is good as what Scott's he, saying. I get it, but he strikes out so much from that leadoff spot. He, he strikes out so much in in uh, uh, two men on, at, uh, two outs, and he comes up and you're like, oh, you got second and third, he's up. Or you got bases loaded and he's up. And it's like <laughs> swing and a miss. You know, it's like, or called, my favorite, called out on strikes. Oh, yeah, and I get it. The umps have been bad, too. Brutal, really, oh, this last, the last vicious. series especially. But, I mean, look, um, will he be on this team next year, Kyle Schwarber? His, his contract's wow. up. He's got two more years um, after this one. It was a four-year Four years, seven, uh, four years, seventy-nine million dollars. Right, that's deal, right. Like uh, yeah, that. I forgot if it was two or but four. But will he be on this team next season? Why wouldn't he be? <sighs> what do you think, Scott? That in one eighty. So it depends on how much they want to change the the mix offensively. Yeah, right. um, and I would say that you know, right now, uh, sitting here right now with a team that's probably going back to the playoffs, mm-hmm. that yeah, I would say he's back now if the offense does kind of a face plant in the final five weeks of the season and they don't go very far in the playoffs and they decide, Hey, we need to change the mix offensively. Or if they decide, you know, Bryce Harper's going back to the outfield for certain. And, and uh, you know, you don't want to clog up the DH spot or, or if, you know, any number of things can happen in the off season where you say, you know, we need to do something different to change the, to change the dynamic of the offense. He, he would be a guy who I would think would have some appeal to some teams. But I think what you're talking about with Schwarber is sort of some of the frustration of uh, the three true outcome hitter, right? And this is what we've seen in baseball now for the last, what, 10 years or so? Like mm-hmm. the trend toward um, power, the trend toward launch, the trend toward away from contact. You know, I've never understood the analytics people uh, who say, and this is not all analytics people, it's just the ones who believe that any out is every out is created equal um, that strikeouts are equal to any other out. That's not true. Uh, yeah, when I disagree with on that. Base. Right. Yeah. I disagree with yeah, agree. Right. I mean, you'd like to see an out where um, someone moves a runner or something like that and right. put the ball, put the ball in play because anything can happen. Um, teams don't play defense as well as they used to. I hate to sound like that guy, you know, who's like, well, back in the day, <laughs> I mean, true. I'm not that old, but it is not true. That old. <laughs> but but it is true that like teams don't defend as well as they used to. Details are not are not as important as they used to be. And 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 you know when Schwarber swings and misses, it's a static out. It doesn't make anything happen. It doesn't move a runner. It doesn't put the ball in play. It doesn't force the other team to make a mistake. Now, you know, the other day it was it was alumni weekend here, and Mariano Duncan was here, and he was talking about um, back in the day with. You know, he was one of Schwarber's minor league coaches with the Cubs. Oh, wow. And, you know, people complain about 180 and, and this and that. And he says, you know what? If at the end of the year he's got 40 bombs and 120 driven in, you're not going to care what he hits. Plus he and walks. to a certain degree, that's true. Yeah. And he is going to hit He is going to hit close to 40 again, right? Like he's sitting mm-hmm. at, what, 30? Yep. He's going to get close to that, I would think, if not over 40. So yeah, I would think so. He's going he's gonna to have the home run numbers again. He's not going to have quite what he had last year. But nevertheless, they're going to be there. And so I think that there's a place for that kind of hitter. You just can't have five of them. Right, and, right. Yeah. And his own, his own base percentage is, is less than, than Trey Turner. It's actually better than Trey Turner's, I believe, is on base. Not right. lately. Well, true. Trey's been tearing it up, man. Trey's, I, I really right. love. So, yeah, that's, let's ask about the ovation then. He's turned around. What did you think of the ovation, Scott? Positive, negative? 
what do you, I, we all, all the takes have been uh, ad nauseum. I'm just curious what your take was on that. I thought it was positive. Me too. I thought it was, I thought it was a nice moment. I'm glad it was only really a moment though. I'm glad yeah. it yeah. wasn't like, I'm yeah. glad it wasn't like a, like a 10 day thing for the entire homestand <laughs> because it goes from being like a nice moment to being patronizing. And, Overkill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I also, I also shake my head at when I hear or I see on Twitter, you know, Oh, uh, you know, we did this like the fa- we did the fans did this made this happen like he's hot because we got him hot. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Meanwhile, he's one of the best shortstops in the world. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. He is though. Yes, and, and top here's five. the thing: like to say we did this is to ignore the work that he's done. Yeah, exactly. To this point. That's true. Yes. Um, I do. I think it helped. Sure, I think it helped. I think the guy. Look, I'll tell you this. Um, I've been saying this for a long time now. I have never really gotten the feeling that this is Nick Castellanos 2022 all over again, or that it was that all over again. Nick Castellanos last year was clearly uncomfortable. Clearly, um, he was he was getting used to his surroundings. He right. was not um, – he was just not himself. Um, I have never, ever gotten the sense from Trey Turner that he is uncomfortable – or he feels awkward, or he can't handle it. If anything, he was one of the boys from day one because he had relationships with Bryce Harper, with Kevin Long, yep. with Kyle Schwarber, with J2 Real Muto. From the day he walked into that clubhouse at, in spring training, they were joking around and they were hamming it up like he'd been here for as long as all the rest of those guys had. Not that he was the $300 million shortstop coming in as the missing piece to put a pennant winner over the top and get him to win the World Series. Right. And he even said to me at one point, maybe I was too comfortable, right? Maybe I felt too at home. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt that way about him all the way up until that Pittsburgh series. And when they got to Pittsburgh and Thompson dropped him in the order and a couple of us started to ask those questions, you know, like I kind of had begun to feel from him like I've – I never been here before. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never struggled like this before and I don't know how to get out of it. And then they went to Miami at the famous hitting session until midnight in the cage there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, this guy is pressing in his head, this and that. So to come home and to feel a little bit of love, to feel a little bit of support, I think was probably a good thing. Yeah, I think it did prop him up. And I think that there were players around him who noticed that, who took note of that, who said, this is kind of cool. And it did get him going a little bit. And now he's playing more like Trey Turner. And so I think it was a confluence of things that came together. But I do. I think that that was a nice moment for the fans here and for him. And it was probably only a matter of time anyway before he started to, you know, play like himself. But um, I do think it probably helped point him in the right direction. Let's talk pitching, Scott. Uh, Aaron Nola, just brutal, had his fourth consecutive bad start. If the postseason began tomorrow, who's your starting rotation? You're not going to like it, but I think he's still your game two starter. I, I, I knew it. I, I, I knew you were going to say. No, I, I agree with Scott. Continue, but I'll, I, I, I'll I don't tell you agree, why. But I, agree. I knew. I know that's what it's going to be. I know it. I, I have I'm an not idea. Totally sure if I'm sitting in the manager seat that that's my choice, but I understand it if it is their choice. Um, you know, and I don't think it's like a lifetime achievement award. I think that I think that there is something to hmm. like. Hey, he's been one of our guys. He's got a track record. Um, exactly. He was he was pretty good last year until the toward the end when I think he hit a wall. Uh, they yeah. all did. But we won the Cardinals um, series behind a good start from him. The the Braves Cardinal series. series. Don't forget the clinch game in in Houston prior yeah. to that. Right. Um, he pitched great that night. That experience really matters. September up until that point. So I think he's still your game two starter. But you know I think that um, I think that he's got to have. I think he's got to pitch much better down the stretch yeah, like for sure to feel really good about it and you know who knows because if if lorenzen or suarez or you know look taiwan walker's not in a good way right now with the way he's pitching and the velocity being down but if he should kind of catch a second wind and has a good stretch drive there there are going to we're going to start asking that question hey who's your game two starter and it's going to get harder and harder to justify aaron nola if he doesn't start pitching better so i do think that um and I give up trying to figure out what it is. Like, he's given up more home runs than he normally does. He's walked more guys than he normally does. Last night, when he walked four last night, um, the home runs have really hurt. Uh, it's mislocation. It's, you know, we know with Nola, he's got to be precise because he doesn't dom- he doesn't dominate with velocity. 
So he's got to hit his spots. And when he doesn't hit his spots, he's going to give up hits. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's um, I'm writing a piece on, you know, his kind of where he may fit in. I'm looking at um, looking at uh, free agent pitching contracts over the last several years and where he may fit in with his track record. And you really start to look at it. It's been every other year. It's been it's been, you know, for the last four years or so. It's been you know he's really good in the short season in 20 struggled in 21. Really good last year, struggling this year. Even back to 18, was really good in 18. Cy Young not candidate. So, not as great in 19. So um, it's been it's been uh, a little less um, a little less consistent than you'd like. And he's in one of those odd years. So uh, you know it's it's um, it hasn't been it hasn't been great. Let me say this though, and Tech, you don't know this. This is important. Shohei Otani has walked 15 more batters than Aaron Nola. He's only allowed nine less home runs. He's pitched 23 less innings. He only has five more strikeouts, and his whip is only .09 more. I mean, Shohei Otani, Aaron Nola, almost the same pitcher this year. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm talking that about just raw, raw numbers. I mean, those numbers are not that different. His ERA is lower because he's allowed 18 home runs. Nola has allowed 27 home runs. When you talk about a team going back to the playoffs trying to get to a World Series, I want a guy that was in the World Series last year pitching my important games because it clicks into a different mode. It's no longer regular season. Everything's on the line. These guys can taste it again. And you want your veteran. And this is your this is your guy that came in on the heels of Cole Hamels. I get you know, it. That carries a lot of weight to me. And you know how it is in the postseason, right? I mean, if there's any hint of trouble, they yank the guy pretty quickly. Exactly. Um, then you could bring Walker and, in or Swar or whoever's well, not starting. Well, that was my next question. There you Assuming go. Nola is your number two guy, we we that means Wheeler and Nola locked in. We know. So right. who who's three and four or to rephrase? I mean, who's moving to the bullpen? Well, Lorenzen is your three then in that scenario to me or Suarez. It's a tough. So one. so mm. it depends on what it depends on what you prioritize. Like if you want the guy who's pitching the best right now, it's Lorenzen. Yeah. Right. If you want the guy who has the most experience coming out of the bullpen it's also Lorenzen so I mean right. I guess Ranger Suarez has a, a decent amount of uh, experience coming out of the pen if Taiwan Walker is not in the postseason rotation I'm not sure what his role is because right, yeah. he's not a guy who's come out of the bullpen no. very often in his career so you know I wonder whether Lorenzen and Suarez are both in the postseason rotation if they're not and Walker is still kind of you know dealing with some fatigue or some dead arm or whatever it's been what do you, where do you go there for you know? Do you trust Chris Christopher Sanchez uh, with a postseason start? Mm, um, probably and, not. And I, no. I, I do, th- and I do think the bullpen is something that needs to be watched yeah. down the stretch. Soto has been iffy. Uh, Kimbrel and Soto have pitched a lot. They're yes. both on pace for seventy plus appearances. Kimbrel hasn't made that many appearances in a season since twenty eleven. He wow. was much younger then. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, you know, and it feels Alvarado, like they're relying. They rely heavily on on Strom every night. Strom, they, yeah. he's the first guy out of the bullpen. It feels like it's every night. I mean, there's only so, so much you can use a guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, yep. it's, it's Strom, worrisome. And Strom is way past his innings total from last year. Yep. Um, Lorenzen is in a career high for innings. Sanchez is in a career high for innings in a single season. So, you know, you've got some issues there. So the questions become: How does Jose Alvarado do when he comes off the IL. He's going to be a very important piece in that mm, bullpen. Yeah. How does Sir Anthony Dominguez do as he continues to work Ugh. his way back into? Uh, you he know, he into doesn't look like the same pitcher to me. He just no. doesn't look no, like the same guy he does at, not. All, at all. He does not. So they got to get him going. Um, you know, I mean, I was not somebody who sat here at the deadline thinking they need a bullpen piece. So it would be a second guess for me to say, boy, that that could come back and bite them that they didn't get one, but it could, it could come back and bite them that they didn't get one. Yeah, <laughs> I, see, I, I like the idea. We were talking about starters. I like the idea of Lorenzen starting game three because that's your first road game. If you host the playoffs, then I like Wheeler Nola at home, one, two, keep it the same as it's been. Let these guys feel the same flow they've been feeling all year. Then you're going on the road with arguably the better pitcher right now, right. but it's on the road. Yeah. So you want that. So I, I kind of okay. like the way that would shake. If it's San Francisco, I'm going Wheeler, Nola, Lorenzen. And if there's any hint of any of those guys having issues early, I'm bringing Ranger in right away. Right. I'm having Ranger ready right yeah. away for any of those games. Yeah. Is yeah. how I would approach that. Yeah. And you know how it is, guys, too. I mean, it's August. What's today's date? August 18th? Yeah, 17th, 18th. <laughs> you know, let's, if we did this again on September 18th, 
we, we might have some very different thoughts That's on some true. guys based on how they're going. It <laughs> um, doesn't feel like there's a lot of time left in the season, but there still is. So yeah, um, yeah. a lot of things can happen between here and, and uh, the wild card round. Scott, you're, you're, you're just your gut instinct, right? Just we know they're a good team. Are they good enough? And when I say that, I mean back to the World Series or even an NLCS. Are, the, are they good enough? Your gut. Who knows? Who knows? Because it's I don't want to call the postseason a crapshoot, but uh, so is. much so much of it has to do with <laughs> how well you're playing at the time mm-hmm. um, and and all of that. Like so again, to go back to last year, um, if we were talking, you know, certainly coming out of that Cubs series at Wrigley Field where they got swept, even after they clinched in Houston, if I said to you, hey, are they good enough to go all the way to the World Series? You would have said, hell no. You would right. have said, you know, I'm just thrilled they're in. Exactly. And what they proved, what they proved was that getting in is the hard part. Because once yeah. you get in, if your pitchers are going well, if uh, you catch a hot streak at the right time, anything can happen. There's no way, there's no way that anybody picked them to beat the Braves in the playoffs last nope. year. No, nope. but I'll tell I you what. Did. I remember, I remember clearly walking into Truist Park on the workout day before, and the Braves had been sitting around for five days. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a simulated game on the field because their guys haven't been doing anything. And the scoreboard is frozen in time to like 10 days earlier, which was their last home game when they beat the Mets <laughs> to overtake them. And I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, like the Phillies have a chance here because they're coming in hot. Uh, they're, they're coming in on a roll. Nobody thinks that they can do this. Their pitching's lined up pretty much. I mean, I real, realized that Suarez had to start game one. Right. But you had Wheeler for game two and you had Nola for game three. Your pitching was basically lined up. They had a chance because they were they were hot at the right time. They were catching a team that was sort of flat footed. So so much can happen. Are they are they good enough? Yeah, I think they're good enough. Like I think so too. You know, do, do this one of these days. Like you know, look at their roster and tell me. Other than probably the Braves, are you taking another team's roster in the National League? Right. Maybe the Dodgers. Not. The Dodgers not. are super hot right now. Um, but you know, to me, it's it's Atlanta, the Dodgers, and the Phillies, and then everybody else in the National League. Yep. And it might be it might be Atlanta, and then everyone else. True. Um, I, true. Yes. It pretty much but, is. But <laughs> but you know, the Phillies are are certainly um, you know right there. So can they get back to the World Series? Sure, they can. But they're also going to have to you know catch catch things at the right time, and they're going to have to. That's why I say, you know, you've got to be peaking at the right time. Maybe the Braves are peaking too soon. Who knows? But. Um, uh, you know, you want to be peaking and playing your best uh, right as the playoffs start. Yeah, that's really, truly the key every year. You're right on the money with that. Yeah. Uh, Scott Lauber, the Inquirer, check for his work daily in the Inquirer. And hopefully, Scott, we'll be talking about another World Series very soon. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. That's Scott Lauber of the Philadelphia Inquirer covering the Phillies. Um, all right, let's 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 talk some birds, Prem. They they lost their preseason opener last week against Baltimore. We know that means nothing, but uh, nah. there are some meaningful developments taking place with this team right now. Um, right. Jalen Carter is a beast, and he's currently playing with the ones. Yeah, as he should. I mean, the guy yeah. is a physical specimen. Um, we know why he fell in the draft. It's unfortunate for the rest of the league that he fell to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost. Unbelievable that the rest of the league would allow. It is. It's us cra- to I mean, just seemingly just slide him just in. Steal, just, steal just, a Javon Hargraves leaves, and we get Jalen Carter. Right. To just and come no, right and in. Nolan Smith. We stole him too. And Nolan Smith. Oh my God. And hopefully, hopefully, Nolan's shoulder is okay. So the yeah, because uh, well, the Browns game, right? So also the Browns. You know what a pitiful offense it is when you don't got the ones in there. They couldn't muster up more than three points against this this Cleveland Browns team. Backup defense in the first half, and you can't get more than three. Right. I mean, look, a defense, your twos and threes and fours on the defensive side hold uh, hold an offense to eight points. That's that's a good thing. But when your offense can't muster up more than a field goal. Right. And a good field goal, by the way, Jake Elliott. Yeah, in, good to in, see in the long ones. Season form. Good, good to see the long ones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but to to, to, to see three points at halftime. Yeah, I know. 
Well, you know what, though? We already, kind of speaking to what you just said, the defense only allowing eight points and mostly backups, that's a great sign because that's our right. only true unknown. We already know that this first-team offense, barring major injuries, of course, like every team— Could lead the league. Could lead the league. Probably yeah. best in the NFC by far. Probably oh, the second yeah. or third-best offense on the planet. So, yeah. you know, it sucks to watch these preseason games because you're watching football, and it's like a conflict in your brain, you know? You're like, why are but, they look so bad? But there's actually a lot of flashes last night, too. Yeah, and I, I'm understanding. I mean, look, my whole thing is I didn't really want to see any of the ones, but there are certain ones that you need to see, like Nicobe Dean last Great night. Great force fumble. Yes. That, I mean, he, on the goal line. He's a guy, notably, who is going to be your starting middle linebacker, and you needed to see something yes. in these games from him. Had to. You had, had to. to. There was no other way. You had to come out and see something that made you feel positive about him because you he better not be out there in the third preseason game. Right. Now, the linebackers, they're a major problem as far as I see it. Nick Morrow, he walked in camp, the presumed starter. He might not even make the team right now. Yeah. It looks like N'Kobe Dean, and if you can believe it, I didn't really believe it. I mean, I heard uh, somebody say it on the radio. I don't know if it was like Reese. I heard a couple people say, but when I heard the shill of the team, Dave Spadaro, say it, I knew it was real. (laughs) That right now it's N'Kobe Dean and Christian Ellis. Well, Ellis has been very active. They are the guys right now yeah. that could be the starting linebackers on this squad with your your first backup guy or your third linebacker being Zach Cunningham. Who I actually, thought, he had some good years in the pros. And, I mean, he's had he's come in and he's looked good. He looked good last week. I mean, albeit, I mean, he's a he's a, a guy with, he's a vet. He's got experience playing real games and he's playing against third, fourth, and fifth guys. Guys that aren't yeah, even going to make yeah, a roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why he did look pretty good. Right. But he, he, he's looked good. He looked good uh, a Monday at the joint practice. He he has looked good, Zach Cunningham. And he's yes. looked better than Miles Jack, who I also think will make the team. Well, yeah. And when you're, you know, when you're... Fronts your front four and your rotation up front, and then your secondary is as good as ours is. The linebackers really just have to be average. Well, Nick, that's really all they have to be because you're going to score Nick thirty Mar points a game. Below average, we're going to score thirty points a game. I, well, I hope. I mean, Jalen is good. That's they're average. They'll be like a thirty point a game team when it's all said and done because they're going to have some games they're putting on forty five. It's going to really well, boost. That would be it's going to bump that average up. Yeah, when they play, you know, crappy teams like uh, the New York Giants, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the delusional. <laughs> we got we got to get those guys back. Uh, on with us. Oh, by the way, I was going back to the episode from last year. I don't know if you saw. I posted I did. something up. I did see because we can up. go back to all everything they say is wrong. Uh, Historically, it's, it's remarkable how all of wrong it has it been wrong. I know almost it's, everything it's they say. It's astounding. It's astounding, and almost everything we say has been right. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have to make sure that we get them back on to just keep that trend moving. Of course, of yeah. course. Um, we go to the safeties now, where it looks like I, I know it sounds crazy, but the week one starters could really end up being Reed Blankenship. Well, we know that he's got like ten picks in, yeah, in training like camp. I like Reed. His instincts are there. We man. know Blankenship. He doesn't even. He's not even dressing right now. Um, Reed and Sidney Brown could end up being the week one starter. The guy plays with his hair on fire. He does. Merrill Reese. Merrill Reese said he reminds him of Brian Dawkins. Yeah, but I'm a little concerned about your deep ball vulnerability with a rookie free safety. Yeah, especially a guy who plays with his hair on fire. That's what I'm saying. He's vulnerable to give up big those plays. Those double moves, man. Those double moves in the deep posts. You know, with the with the yes. if you if when you have a rookie free safety, and you're playing, out there, you're playing some really good receivers. Playing some really good receivers. And you're playing a quarterback like when we go to play the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, for example, right? Yes. And he knows, all right, we got a rookie free safety out there. Yep. He's probably just going to want a lot of routes ran with the the crossers underneath the draw free safety in, double moves on the outside, you got single coverage over the top. Absolutely. And with a free safety that's a rookie, I mean, you're going to get toasted sometimes. I, I would just oh, yeah. hope that that wouldn't be a uh, something that loses us a game or two, hopefully. I, I hope Because it could be. It could be. It could Especially be. Especially that game that you speak but of. But when three of your four secondary players are above average or very good, or Blankenship is probably at least an average safety at that position. Uh, as a pro. I think he's above average. I think he's a little above average. Which is too. crazy. You know, you can it can, ins- was, it can he, insulate the free this safety. This time a last bit. year, he was playing in the fourth quarter of these preseason games. Remarkable, isn't and it? And now he's not even dressed. It shows you what what true football instinct does because yeah. he plays the game like when you have little league kids that don't need to be coached. They just yeah. know what to do by they instinct. Know what to do. Reed has that instinct. He's probably always been that kid, going back to Pee Wee football. He and that have, just kind of comes some picks with this it. season. 
I could see him really wreaking havoc on, on the average quarterbacks that we play. We have to, we do have to play a significant amount of very good quarterbacks this year. Yeah, we do. Tyler Steen has come on. Uh, he had he, I mean, he pancaked a couple guys uh, uh, last week. He what a, looked, what a he looked good. Pick. Yeah, what a draft. Yeah, pick. and and you know, holding his own against the the Browns. Uh, I, I I guess he he didn't jump off the screen. He wasn't. Me, he wasn't terrible. I, he wasn't great. He was again, average. Look, uh, I was half paying attention, so. I do want to go back and actually watch some of what was going on yeah, uh, in that Browns game. But um, Swift and Gainwell look like the starting backs. No question. And, you know, Penny looks like a lock for being the third, but I hate to say it. I thought Trey Sermon looked better. Um, I think Penny's lack of explosion concerns me. He has no explosion, no burst. It kind of feels like he gets the ball and falls forward. He was one of the best backs in football last year. I, I did, overall, I did not love how he looked. I actually liked Sermon, and if it was up to me, Prem, I would take Sermon. He's younger and he's more reliable health wise. Yeah, you know, more upside probably because you don't know what his ceiling is yet. He hasn't really had a chance coming out. He was touted as one of the best running backs in yes. the draft. That being said, Sermon's probably going to be cut. He probably, he probably is not going to make this team. Because if he's practice squatted, someone will pick he's him gone. up. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's as good as gone. You might as well just cut him. Greg Ward. I think Greg Ward might make the team, though. Really? Yeah. I think Greg Ward uh, has to be on the team. How many receivers are you keeping? Well, you can keep six, I think, because Who you're, are only the receivers keeping, you're only keeping you're four keep... linebackers, we, I think. We know you're three, right? You got you got uh, uh, Smith, Brown. And Quez. And Quez. And, and Zacchaeus really is replacing Pascal. So, yeah, Zacchaeus had a nice showing last night. After the catch, was really, very impressive. He had a really good catch. Yeah, yeah, was, I, I like how nice he looks after. for sure. I like for sure. He's I, learning from AJ, man. It looked like an AJ Brown play. But who's who's your fifth receiver? Well, that's the question. We need to see a little more in this third I, preseason. Game. I don't know. I don't know yet either. So, yeah, I, I mean, would, it's, it's Greg Ward right now. You know, yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It probably is Greg Ward. But then Zacchaeus is four, and they, that's solid five receivers to me. Yeah. Do you, do you keep six? I don't think you need to. I don't think. I think it to. depends on what you do with the other positions. You know, it depends on how many linebackers you keep. Yeah, because they're probably going to keep. Elliot thinks they're keeping four. Elliot Shore Parks thinks they're keeping four linebackers. They probably are. You probably yeah. need to. He didn't even have Ellis on the final roster. No, that's no, that's listen. I don't believe he did. Elliot, to be honest, it, it, I'm not always on the same page. with No, him. he's kind of an idiot sometimes. Yeah, and he is. and and when I hear the shill. Dave Spadaro say it. I know it's real. I know it's real when he's like, look, the best two linebackers in camp, in these practices, in that first preseason game, coming into that Browns game, I heard Spadaro say the best two linebackers on this team are N'Kobe Dean and Christian Ellis. And when he says that, it's like, well, Ellis is fighting for a starting spot right now. He, he actually might emerge and walk away with, his, with a starting spot. I mean, look, I'm the type of guy... When you have a position that is not solidified really in any way, and linebacker is not in any way solidified, no, I'm I'm a type of guy that believes you truly go with the guys that are showing you the most. Absolutely. So if it's Ellis, I'm going to trust the coaches on that. Yes. Um, all right. Quarterback. The backup. I, I'm. I heard WIP. He did have Ellis. Actually, let me correct myself. Elliot did have Ellis in the final. Oh, he did. Yeah, 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 my mistake. I was about to say he sometimes he can be a, a total buffoon. Yeah, but, my mistake but, there. But, yeah, okay, he was right about that. All right, so. Mariota's legs, that's what he that's his asset because his arm is horrible. Toast. He's got no accuracy. He missed at all. a wide open throw down the seam last oh night that God. resulted in an interception. Yeah. And and it was I mean wide open. It sailed over the receivers. I don't know who the receiver was, but um horrible. It's just horrible. No redeemable quality. He, he overthrows, he underthrows, he's just his accuracy is I mean, in the first half with him. The whole first half, they had seventy yards passing. Yeah, that's 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 embarrassing. That's they only embarrassing. held the ball for eight minutes and nineteen seconds. I mean, Hertz might get seventy yards. Hertz might have in two drives. He might clear seventy in yards. One, yeah, in one drive. Yeah, he could do for it in one matter. drive. Yeah, but they run, so you know. But definitely in within two drives, he yeah. could he could yeah. have seventy yards. Now clear. you have a serious backup quarterback problem, and there's not much out there. I mean, your top two, Mario, like, like it or not, your top two out there are Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz ain't coming back here. But that, that's all that's out there. And Joe Flacco. Uh, I heard I heard the camera talking uh, about the Nick Chase, Foles. Chase Daniels. And Gilio. Joe Chase, Gilio said yeah. Nick Foles. Well, Gilio tweeted out that we have a quarterback, backup quarterback problem. And I we do. saw that. I, I don't know that I completely agree because, I mean, look, I don't know. Okay. I, all I know is it doesn't matter who your backup quarterback is. If Jalen Hurts goes down for an extended period of time, that's it. Well, Tanner McKee, honestly, 
you could, I think, if you see a little more from him and he's, you know, he... Uh, he's got a good arm but no legs. Right. <laughs> it's a whole different type of game plan. It's more like a Nick Foles game plan with a Tanner McKee He's got in there. a good arm. He does. He does. I, I, I kind of need to see more. Yeah, I do too. But you know what, though? I, I mean, know, he's not the backup. Mario has obviously got game day experience out the wazoo. Yeah, he and, does. Yeah, and I when you're playing, when he keep in mind too, Mariota was not playing with the ones. It's a big difference. It yeah. really is. We weren't talking about that. I mean, because when he comes in the regular season as a backup There's quarterback, no Dallas Goddard as he's a playing with net. the ones. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, it's a big difference. I think. I, I think maybe we're overreacting a little bit about Mariota because I didn't bit. think about that. He's playing with twos and threes last night. Yeah, that's true. It's tough. It's tough. But you're also playing against the worst defense, so it's yeah. tomato, tomato. Yeah. I'm trying to find some kind of redemption for him, and I can't do it, so. We'll have to see. All right, well, we wind down. Who, who do they play next week? I don't even know, man. I think it might be the Colts, actually. Uh, so, so I thought, so we'll thought be... we're going to see Anthony Richardson, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll be previewing the Colts. Well, you Shane know. Shane uh, Steichen's team. Isn't that odd? It is. That it was Frank so right now, Shane Steichen, all our coordinators, all our offensive coordinators go and play, uh, uh, with the, take over for the Colts. So They take weird. over the head coaching job. It's always vacant, seems like, for the Colts. I know. Th- <laughs> Thursday, August 24th, 8 o'clock, Colts at Birds. And then after that, Tech, the only football we'll be seeing is real and it matters. Uh, that's after it. that. That's it. And we get that week off while they uh, get the roster situated and get ready. And uh, yeah, yeah. that's the, that's actually, even though I know there's there's no games, uh, it's an exciting week to talk about the Eagles. I know, and man. you know that's what we're here for. That's what we're all here for. day we long. For. It's football, football, football. But we may be in another World Series, Tech. <laughs> oh, we may. I look. I told you. I told everyone the truth last year in June. Right. I know. Right. I know how you felt. I posted it in June this year, too. <laughs> I know you did. All right, so let's see you what You did happens. it just so that you could say this in August and September. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Vet alumni. Nine, nine.